0: we like to say good morning, good morning to everyone. We are so thankful and we're grateful for your presence this morning. We're excited that the Lord has allowed us to be among the living. Amen. House of Destiny Church family, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. 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 And let us also celebrate our online community, those that are listening. Let's give them a hand clap of praise, amen, for them listening in this morning. We're so thankful and we're grateful for their listening in on the services this morning. We are excited about the word. This word, we we started um, uh, a few weeks back with with the Wednesday night uh, Bible study, but we didn't finish. And so the Lord says, I want you to wait and bring it. On a Sunday morning, so everyone will be able to be a partaker of it. We're going to go to the book of Jeremiah. We're going to go to the book of of Jeremiah. Uh, We're going to deal with Jeremiah chapter number one. And even though we've used this title before, we're going to use this title again. The Lord says, What do you see? What do you see? It's totally different every time you pick up this Bible the lord will will always give you something there to, for the for the season and the time that we are in. Father bless your word, take me, use me for your glory. This is our prayer in Jesus name. Amen. Jeremiah chapter number one God here he's talking to Jeremiah, and the nation was a, a nation uh, a filled with sin. But here he says, he's asking him a question because Jeremiah had said that he really didn't want to go. (laughs) He kept complaining, kept saying he was too young and and he didn't know what to say. But but God began to talk with him in such a way he had to respond with him. In verse number 11, chapter number 1 in the book of Jeremiah, verse 11 says, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seeth thou? And I said, speaking of Jeremiah, he says, I see a rod of an almond tree. I looked at that, and I found that to be quite interesting, because when Jeremiah begins to see the vision that God shows him, he tells him he sees the rod of an almond. Almond tree. Now, one thing about the almond tree, the almond tree represents an awakening of God's people. The thing about the almond tree is this the almond tree is the first tree that blossoms at the end of winter, but it does not bear fruit to much later on. So, God says there is going to be an awakening of God's people. And and then he also talks about uh, the rod of the almond tree. He sees a rod. Not only does he see the awakening of the almond tree, but he also sees a rod. And so God says not only will uh, God's people be awakened, but God's people are going to be chastised. They will be disciplined and the re- and, and brought forth with correction. And the reason being is because... God's people, as as well as the entire world, is in in such a way of sin that they have to be corrected in order to be brought back to the Lord. Amen. God's people have strayed so far away from God. But God said there will be an awakening of his people. And that awakening cannot come unless there is a correction, unless there is some discipline. Uh, and so it's important that we understand what is taking place now. So God says, what do you see? As we look around the world, what do we see as an individual? All right. Then the next thing he says now in verse number 12 in Jeremiah chapter 1, he says, Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast seen well, for I will hasten my word to perform it. That which God has spoken, he is going to bring it to pass. But there's a key word that he says that he will hasten to perform his word. In other words, God's things are going to speed up. It won't be as slow as we think that it is. If they're going to speed up. And then verse number 13 says this. It says, And the word of the Lord came unto me the second time, saying, What seeth thou? And I said, I see a seething pot, and the face thereof is toward the north. And verse 14 says, Then the Lord said unto me, out of the north, and evil shall break forth upon all the inhabitants of the land. So now he's saying not only does he see that almond tree, the rod of the almond tree, that, and, and it represents, that represents the chastisement and the, the working of God's people, but he said now I see a seething pot. So when you look at a seething pot, it, it talks about a seething, it's, it's like some unexpressed anger. See, during the time of the election, we thought that we were going to see total chaos. We we thought we were going to see a lot of confusion, a lot of violence, and a lot of rioting. But God says, no, what's happening is there is a lot of unexpressed anger. And, it, and it's boiling, it's, it's about to erupt, it's just like a volcano. Uh, in that volcano, that, that it's boiling down beneath, but eventually, when it hits a certain temperature, it will erupt. So he says, I see that seething part. He says, now, what I see is that sooner or later, there will become an, an eruption of violence. But it will come from the north side. That that verse 14 says, coming from the evil will come from the north side. In other words, it will come from the dark side. It will come from the dark side. So he says, what do you see? When you see everything that's going on, even in your own personal life, when you look at that dark side within each one of us, because we all have a dark side. Amen. We all have a dark side. Anybody that walks around here and thinks they, they're perfect, they don't have a dark side, I'm here to tell you you're absolutely wrong because we all have a dark side. And sooner or later, that dark side will erupt if it's not lined up with the will of God. Now, let's go, uh, let's go to the book of Amos. Let's go to the book of Amos because we're just going to walk through this this morning and teach. Let's go to the book of Amos. What do you see? The book of Amos, are we there? We're going to the book of Amos, chapter number 7. You have to remember now, the nation now is caught up in the midst of sin. We're so far away from God. So in the book of Amos, chapter number 7, now Amos is viewing something similar because God is saying to Amos, what do you see? He spoke to Jeremiah, and Jeremiah begins to talk about the awakening. He talks about the chastisement of God's people. Now, Amos says in chapter 7, verse number 7, it says, Thus he showed me, and behold, the Lord stood upon a wall made by a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. Hmm. Verse 8 says, And the Lord said unto me, Amos, <clears throat> what seest thou? And I said, A plumb line. Then said the Lord, Behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not again pass by them anymore. God, it says, God is standing on the wall with the, uh, the plumb line. See, so that wall there represents the people. God is standing there. He's looking at the people, and he has this plumb line, and he's measuring uh, the people. And since he's measuring the people, see, that plumb line represents God's command. That plumb line represents God's word. And God is measuring his people with that plumb line. He is measuring the people with a plumb line, which means he's measuring the people by his word. Because see, we have so many irregularities. God said, "I've got to measure right where you are." Because if we don't know where we are, but God knows where we are, God has to reveal to us what we are. Because some of us think we're all right. Amen. Some of us think that we're all right. But God says in this season, in, the, in this time, God says, I am dropping a plumb line. I'm dropping my word in the midst of my people, and I'm going to measure them right where they are. And there's a reason why he's going to measure his people by the word of God. He's going to measure God's people because there's something else about to happen. See, first they're gonna, that's gonna be an awakening, okay? There has to be a chastisement in order for God's people to be awakened. And then that unexpressed anger has to come out because see, that's what's down off in there. But then God said, I've got to measure, I've got to measure you against the word and see where we really, really are. Anybody understand that by putting the word, measuring yourself against the word will reveal where we are? Amen. It will reveal where we are. Amen. God has His, his Word. That's why, oh, I hear you, Holy Spirit. That's why most people don't like to study the Word of God. That's why most people don't like to read the Word of God. Because to see the Word is a mirror. And what it does, it reflects our us. It doesn't reflect your neighbor, but it reflects you. So when you look into the word, the word is a mirror to let us know exactly where we are. So God is going to show us where we are, okay? Now, let's go to Amos chapter number 8. We're going to take our time here because there's some things we get to see, why God is doing what he is doing. Now, Amos, Amos chapter number 8, and looking um, at verse number 1, verse number 1, Amos chapter number 8. It says, Thus hath the Lord God showed unto me, and behold, a basket of summer fruit. Hmm. He shows Amos a basket of summer fruit. See, summer fruit means it has come to the end of the harvest. It's at the end now. That that, that summer fruit represents the end. You know, because when you go into a season of of, of of harvesting, before that harvesting, there's got to be a planting season. And from that planting season, it goes through a certain amount of time, and then it's time for harvesting. So God said, I'm showing sure now, I'm showing, sure I'm revealing uh, that basket of summer fruit. That means you're at the end and you're ripe for harvest. And here, in other words, God says the people were ripe for destruction or ripe for judgment. There's a reason, because the people of God has moved far away from God. But God is about to do something. God, in the spirit realm, it has already been done. It just has not yet manifested in the natural. Okay? Now, looking at verse number 2 in chapter number 8, he says this. And he said, Amos, what see thou and i said many nameless a basket of summer fruit then said the lord unto me the end is come upon my people of israel i will not again pass by them any more see God's grace has been so good to, and His mercy, because His mercy is new every day. But God says, now, I'm not gonna pass by their sins anymore. He's, that's what that means. He says, it's gonna, it's gonna come to an end. And He says, I've got to begin to judge my people. I've got to judge my people, because my people are rebellious. Amen. How many of us are rebellious? Amen. We can be, we can be truthful in here. We can be honest. Amen amen because at some point in our lives we all have been rebellious even from a child but here he's saying now he says, i'm not going to pass by their sins no more it, it talks about in the book of acts it talks about god will no longer uh, uh wink at our ignorance in other words god said listen you know better the body of christ knows better he said, I'm not going to wink at your ignorance anymore. I am not going to pass you by. And then you're going to understand why he's saying this, okay? Now, look at verse number 3. I'm going to show you something. It blew my mind when I read this. Verse 3 in Amos chapter 8 says, And the songs of the temple shall be what? Howling in that day. In other words, that won't be a joyful noise. Hmm. There will not be a joyful noise in that day, okay? He says, there will be a howling, saith the Lord God. Watch what he says, the reason why there's a howling. He says, there shall be many, what? Dead bodies in where? Every place. Are we not witnessing that today? There will be a lot of dead bodies in every place. They shall cast them forth with silence. We got death everywhere. Everywhere. Somebody said, Well, well, how do you know that flies down? Listen, uh, Ecclesiastes says, There's nothing new under the sun. What has been shall be again. Hmm. What? If casting, he said, That's going to be dead bodies everywhere. And then they're going to begin to, you know how you can become numb to something? Because it says there in that latter part, he says, They shall cast them forth with silence. It's just gonna toss them. it's, it's, it's a norm. It's almost like we become immune to death. I mean, it's just happening everywhere and it's, it's like it's a common knowledge. And God said, listen, I, I, I'm trying to speak to my people because there are some things that has to be revealed. And God said, I'm gonna show you why I am doing or allowing these things to happen. Why are we allowing, He's allowing these things to happen. Dead bodies everywhere. There will not be that praise and joy and hallelujah and thank you, Jesus. It talks about in, in the temple, the, you know, even within yourself or within the this, 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 this structure here because of what we are witnessing or what we are going to witness. Now, let's go to the book of Ezekiel. Let's go to the book of Ezekiel, and let's see why things will be as they are. We're almost done. Ezekiel... Hmm. Chapter eight. Ezekiel chapter number eight. Are we there? We're going to Ezekiel chapter number eight. You know we, we, we can make God angry. We know that, don't we? Y'all awfully quiet up in here. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> what do you see? What do you see? What, have, we, have we taken the time to be still long enough to see, to listen, to hear what God is revealing, and why He's revealing, and why things are happening the way they are? Now, Ezekiel chapter number eight. Are we there? Looking at verse number three. Now we've moved from we've moved from Jeremiah, we've moved from Amos. Now he's speaking to another prophet. He's speaking to Ezekiel. Verse number 3 says, in Ezekiel chapter number 8, And he put forth the form of an hand, and he took me by a lock of mine head. And the Spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heaven, and brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the inner gate, that looketh toward the north where was the seat of the image of jealousy which provoketh to jealousy he brings him and he takes him he says he take him to Jerusalem Jerusalem is a place of peace but there's something else that's significant there he takes him to the temple he takes him to the temple and then he says he takes him to the door of the inner gate. Now, the the the, go, the door of the inner gate is where the priests are. I wonder why he did that. Why did he take the prophet? Why did he show him the court of the priests, that inner gate? Why why did he do that? Why is he there at, to search out the temple? Okay, now. Watch what watch God. Watch God. He says he, he sees the seat of an image of jealousy that provokes to jealousy. In other words, what he's showing him are those things that provokes God. Because God said, I'm a jealous God. God is a jealous God. he, he sees this thing that, that's there and is, is angering God. It's is literally angering God. And verse 4 says, And behold. The glory of the God of Israel was there, according to the vision that I saw in the plain. Now, right now, even though God is being angry and provoked to jealousy, the glory is still in the temple, right now. But sooner or later, we're going to show you in the scripture. Sooner or later, you're going to see the glory go, because a lot of people can come to be in a place, but the presence of the Lord is not there. Amen. The glory is gone. Amen. Now, it goes on in verse number 5 says, uh, verse 5 says, Then said he unto me, Son of man, lift up thine eyes now the way toward the north. Remember now, the north is your dark side. So I lifted up mine eyes the way toward the north, and behold, north was at the gate of the altar This image of jealousy in the interest that now he's at a place of sacrifice. He's at a place of sacrifice because that's what the gate of the altar means. He's at a place of sacrifice. That 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 spirit is is provoking God. He's making God angry because that sacrifice. Ooh, the sacrifice of praise that we're supposed to offer up to God, we're offering it up to someone else. So we 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 got to understand now. He's making God angry. And then verse number five says, then said he unto me, hmm. he says, uh, uh, he's lifted up his eyes uh, toward the north, He's uh, and then he goes on to talk about how the gate of the altar and how that image is there. Now verse six says, he says, furthermore unto me, son of man, seeth thou, watch this, seeth thou what they do. Thank God I ain't watching. <laughs> he says, See thou, see it thou, see thou what they do. Even the great abominations that the house of Israel committed here that I should go where? Far off from my sanctuary. But turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see even greater abominations. Now listen. God says because of the benumb- uh, abominations that's happening not only in this temple, but in the ex- in external uh, uh, temple as well, he says, now this is where I'm far away from the sanctuary. Look, 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 at, that. look at that word. We're in Ezekiel. E- Can I get that on the screen, please? Thank you. Thank you. Ezekiel. You know, chapter 6, 8, chapter 8, verse 6. He said, furthermore unto me, son of man, seest thou what they do. Even the, he didn't just say a regular abomination. He says, even the great abominations with an S that thy house of Israel committed here. Where are they committing it? that should go far off of my sanctuary. They are committing these abominations in the sanctuary. And we wonder why things are happening the way they are happening and why they are happening. Amen? We we, we wonder about, about that. Now, verse number 7 says, he tells him in the latter part of 6, he says, I'm going to show you even greater abominations. Verse 7 says, And he brought me to the door of the court. And when I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. He brings him to a door, the door of the court, the court of praise. And then he said, and when I looked, he said, behold, a hole was in the wall. The wall, people. He gets there and he sees this hole in the the wall. He sees this hole. Now um and, and and that and what's happening here, the door of the court is the uh the, the, the um thanksgiving uh, the courts of praise. The uh, the gates were thanksgiving. It's the court of, it's the court of, of praise. And then it goes on and it says in verse number eight, he says, Then said he unto me, Son of man, dig now in the wall. And when I had digged in the wall, behold, a door. See, if we don't dig deep enough inside of us, we will never find a door that will reveal what's really in us. See, you got to dig. He told me, he said, you got to dig. You, you, you. See, if you never dig deep down on the inside and you, you, you're always uh, um, covering it up or not looking at what's deep down on the inside of us, we will never find what's down on the inside. See, when, when, in order for true repentance come, we have to be honest with ourselves. Amen. So he tells him, he said, "Now I want you to dig now in the wall. And when I had digged in the wall, he he finds a door. Hmm. He finds a door after the digging. He didn't find the door before he was doing the digging. He only finds the door after he digs." Once he's digging and he says he discovers a door. Now watch what happens when he discovers a door. Verse number nine, Ezekiel chapter number eight. It says, And he said unto me, go in and behold the wicked abominations that they do here. Hmm. And verse 10 says, So I went in and saw and behold, Every form of creeping things and abominable beasts and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the walls around about. In other words, there was a whole lot of false worship going on. See, in and, and the house of God today, you know, there's a whole lot of false worship. See, the Bible says we worship God in spirit and in truth. But if there's no spirit, I don't care how much motions you go through, then God is not there. See, it's false worship. See, when we have true worship and we so love the Lord from the depths of our soul, just like the song they were singing this morning, I belong to you. You know, and how they had abandoned everything in order to be with the Lord. See, that's where we have to get to. And see, that was false worship. He's showing him that there was false worship in the temple. Look in the instance. See, we too are the temple of God. As we shared on Wednesday that as they was bearing the ark, see, you are the one, you're the priest now that's bearing the ark. The ark is the presence of God. So you're the priest, you're carrying around the presence of God on the inside of you. See, most people don't understand that. They don't grasp that because they don't think far enough to realize that the Holy One, the God Himself, the God of, the, the, the God of Jehovah, the, 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 the God of Israel, He lives on the inside of us and we are carrying Him every day. Because, see, the ark holds the presence of God. And the Bible says in the book of Revelation that we are priests and kings. See, that's who we are. So now we're carrying around the presence of God. You ever thought about that's what you're doing? <laughs> that the presence of God is living on the inside of you, and you oh, and you're the one that's transporting <laughs> uh, the presence of God. That as they did in the Old Testament, they physically had the priests to, to transport the ark. But see, now we're the priests. And we are transporting the presence of God. But God is finding uh, abominations in us. And he's, and he's revealing that. But the only way we can find that, we got to dig through the wall. we got to, we got to dig through the hole. we got to spot that little hole. we got to spot that little thing that we have on the inside. And then be, have courage enough to go through the door. How many of us have the courage to go through the door of our own soul and see what's really down on the inside that we need to deal with? Amen. So, so he's saying now. He said all these things are portrayed all around the wall. And verse eleven says, "And the, and there stood before them. Watch this. Seventy men are the ancients of the house of Israel, and in the midst of them stood." Azara, the, the, the son of Shaphan, with every man, his censer in his hand, and a thick cloud of incense went up. Now, what, what, what's significant about this verse when he talks about, and those 70 men are the ancients of the house? What's significant is they are the guardians of truth. See, those 70 men, and 70 means completion, See, that they are the guardians of truth. But there, the guardians of truth is caught up in abominations. Things that distest this God, that displeases God. You know, I, to be a bearer of the truth and, 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 and not do as God says is, 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 is a dangerous thing. Because it upsets God. It really upsets God. And then verse 12 says, Then said he unto me. Watch this. He says, Son of man, have thou seen what watch ooh has thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the what? Now he's talking about the guardians of truth. He said, Have you not seen what they do in the dark? Every man in the chambers of his is a For they said, watch this. For they say, the Lord seeth us what? The Lord seeth us not. The Lord has forsaken the earth. See what they're saying? Okay, I'm going to go ahead and do what I want to do because the Lord has forsaken the earth. And they're doing that thing in the dark. (laughs) How many know that God sees? He sees. Not only does he hear, but God sees. God sees. He, see, these are the guardians of truth, and it talks about they were doing their own thing, that they, were, they were hiding in their private quarters. I wonder what we do in our private quarters. Boys' choir. Right now, we're seeing, right? What we're doing in our private quarters, we're seeing. See, they—they they were in their private quarters where they thought nobody couldn't see them. What do you see? When you see you, what do you see? That's what God said. What do you see? Wow. Examination time, right, Brenda? I'm talking. I'm Brenda. <laughs> I won't call nobody else's name. See, we got to start examining here. Amen. Yeah. So he says now. He says now. They're saying that the Lord had forsaken the earth. When you look around, we're thinking, "Oh, God, God didn't forsake the earth." I mean, everything's going on. Look like He didn't walk off and abandon it. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. He wants us to see what's going on, not only externally but internally as well. Amen. Now, wow. Okay. We almost done. He says now, verse number 13, he says, He said also unto me, Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations that they do. Mm. I I can't even begin to imagine how God feels. I, I really can't. And then verse 14 says, then he brought me to the door of the gate of whose house? <laughs> he brought me to the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north, the dark side. And behold, there sat women weeping for Tamar. There they are now, weeping. They, they are literally weeping, not Weeping in the sense of, of the sins of the nation. But there they are worshiping out of God. And they talked about during this particular time, prostitution was going on. And we're talking about the house of God. See, we can, we can pimp God in more than one way. We do know that, don't we? (laughs) We can pimp God more than one way. We can sell ourselves. We can prostitute our own selves in more than one way. And, and they were weeping. Not they were weeping because of the abominations that were there, uh, or because of the the nation's sins of the, the the universe and all these places, uh, uh, the entire global system. All the sins. They were not weeping because of sin. Right now, the body of Christ should be weeping over the conditions of this world. But are we weeping over the conditions of this world? What do you see? What? Do you see? Do you see people weeping because man is completely out of control? They're caught up in sin and we're literally weeping. We're on our face before God. Are we weeping for that or we just weeping because we're losing stuff? Man weeps because of losses, material losses, not because of spiritual losses. I'd rather lose materially any day than to lose spiritually. Because when you lose spiritually, you know, it's a done deal. You'll never be saying, you don't want to lose spiritually. You can make it if, you're, if you got hold to the spirit when you lose stuff. But when you lose stuff, Materialistic things and don't have the spirit of God. That's why people commit suicide. That's why people kill themselves. Because they're losing material stuff. They're not weeping over the condition. Oh, Holy Spirit. They're not weeping over the conditions of their soul. And that's why we should be weeping now. Because of the conditions of the soul of mankind. Oh, help us, Jesus. Hmm. And then verse fifteen says in Ezekiel chapter eight, he says, "Then said he unto me, Has thou seen this, O Solomon? I mean, God is still showing stuff. Mm. Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations than these. We're at a place where we call everything that's wrong right, hmm. and things that are right we're calling it wrong. Greater." abominations greater and 16 says and he brought watch this and he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house and behold at the door of the temple of the Lord between the porch and the altar were about 70 and 20 men with their backs toward the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east and they worship the sun toward the east. All this is in the house of God. They had turned their back on God. How many people have turned their back on God today? We're in the house but are we in God? It's a big difference. What do you see when we examine our own selves? I'm not talking about examining your neighbor. Examine our own selves. What do you see? When we examine our own selves. Because see, sometimes some of us think we've already arrived, have no clue that we haven't arrived, but we think that we have already arrived. But God says, when you really dig deep in that hole, find that door and open that door, what do you see? Wow. And all of this in the temple. (laughs) He said, what do you see? What do you see? Now, let's go to chapter 9. We're finishing up. Chapter 9 in the book of Ezekiel. Watch this. Hmm. There is hope for those that are trying their best to live for the Lord. Amen. There is hope. There is hope. Now, verse 1 in chapter number 9 in the book of Ezekiel, he says, He cried also in mine ear with a loyal voice saying, Calls them that have charge over the city to draw near, even every man with his, dest- with his destroying weapon in his hand. Now, we've got some guardian angels over the city. We've we got that going on. But wh- watch these next few verses. Verse number 2 in chapter number 9. Verse number 2 in chapter number 9. It says, And behold, six men came from the way of the higher gate, which lieth toward the north, and every man a slaughter weapon in his hand. And one man among them was clothed with linen, with a writer's inkhorn horn by his side, and they went in and they stood beside the brazen altar. Now, the brazen altar is a place of slaughter. they about to do something here. <laughs> they about to do something here. God has sent them out on a mission. He sent them out on a mission. Look at verse 3. It says, and the glory of the God of Israel was what? Gone. Up. From the shepherd, whereupon he was, to the threshold of the house. In other words, when the glory leaves, you, you've left yourself open for slaughter. In other words, you've left yourself open for Satan to do anything he desires to do in your life when the glory is gone. See, what's happening is he is examining and revealing to them what's going on in the sanctuary with God's people. Y'all think everything's going good? You know, I'm going to finish this up. But God's going to test some people. You know why? Because today we got a lazy spirit. God's going to test some people. He's going to test some people. You see, when He's sending those, He's doing an examination. He says, The glory. Many, many people have assembled themselves in buildings today or in parking lots today, and the glory of God is gone. God's not there. He's not there. But yet we still go through the same motions, Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, but the glory... It's gone. When abominations and things that detest God is, is going on in, in the house of God, as well as on us as being a temple, it literally upsets God. And God does not, does not live in unclean vessels. He doesn't live there. We may fool ourselves and think that he lives there, but good and evil cannot co- coexist. And what's amazing about this word, God says, what do you see? He says, "He said when you're looking at things, he says, the house of God. See, the people of God, we should be in a place now. understand the power that, that the people of God has because God lives on the inside of us. We should be able to speak a word and see things change. Whenever you walk into a room and you got God on the inside of you, that there should be some change going on in the inside. Whenever whenever you go anywhere, you can see the changes taking place. Things should be different. Because why? Because you have God on the inside. Now watch what he does. Here's his hope. Here, his hope. He sends them a, a slaughter, okay? Now he goes on and he says uh, in verse number eight, and the Lord said unto him. The one that has the, 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 the ink horn in, in, on the side, he says, and the Lord said unto him, go through the midst of a city, through the midst of Jerusalem, even go through the, to, through uh, the place Jerusalem calls p- peace, go through it. And then he says, and set a mark upon the foreheads are the men that sigh and that cry for all of the abominations that be done in the midst of their those people that it hurts and it pains them to see everything that's going on. That's, a, you almost set a mark on them because you're hurt because of what you see because people have turned away from God. He said, I, you put a mark on them. You put a mark because see, God's getting ready to come through again. See, my son-in-law said something yesterday before I found myself tumbling once again over that speaker. (laughs) He was saying, he said, you know, there's going to be a third wave coming through. Yeah, it is. Greater death, more death. Far beyond you can ever comprehend in your mind. It's going to happen. He says now. But see, you got to understand, the people of God is going to be protected. The people of God will be protected. And then he says, This in verse number 5. And to the others, he said in mine hearing, Go ye after him through the city and smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. God doesn't wink anymore at our ignorance. He doesn't do that. Can't justify sin and think it's okay. That's not how God operates. Look at verse 6, and this is our last verse. Verse 6 says, Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women. No one will be exempt. But come not near any man upon whom is the mark. See, if you've got the mark of God on you, you know, the, the death can't touch you unless God say, tell it to take you. If you got the mark of God, he says, now, the, if you got the mark of God, don't worry about it. He says, now, you, they've been commanded not to touch them. And then he says this. And watch what he says in the latter part of verse 6. He says, and begin where? At my sanctuary. He didn't say begin with the world. He didn't say that. He said, begin with my sanctuary. Begin where the people of God are. Because why? Because we know we're supposed to know better. That's why he says that. He says, you begin at my sanctuary. And then he says this. Then they began at the, look where they started. They began at the ancient men which were before the house. Where they start? They started with the guardians of truth. Every believer is a guardian of truth. Every believer is a guardian of truth. And God said, that's why I'm going to start in the sanctuary. Because it was those that were in that, that when they got through digging and through that hole and opened that door, look, it was, it was the people, it was, this, it was the ancient, those men, the guardians of truth that knew better. Was the ones that was bringing about the abomination. God says, "I'm gonna start at the house of God." He said, "What do you see? What 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 do you see in here? What 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 do you see?" He said, "I'm gonna start in my sanctuary." He said that the righteous scarcely. Make it in. Where shall the ungodly appear? That means that's a tight walk. That's a tight walk for the saints of God. It's a very tight walk. And we scarcely make it in. I mean barely. Scarcely. Lord have mercy for those that's living outside of the will of God. What do you see? How are we live in today. How are we living today? If God took a stroll down these aisles today, what would our response be? What do you see? Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. 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 Amen.